Salofalava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up. Ensure that the allegations are concise, but to provide the evidence to substantiate it. Vanuatu's Prime Minister speaks out on the motion of no confidence. Also, we need to recognize bias in terms of ethnicity and race. Closing the gender pay gap is making headways in New Zealand. And later, soap making could be the answer to bolster Bougainville's economy. It's likely the opposition party in Vanuatu will take its failed attempt to oust the Prime Minister to court. Lydia Lewis spoke with Prime Minister Alatoi Ishmael Kausakau after the extraordinary parliamentary session. He explained what happened and gave an update on the Melanesian Spearhead Group Leaders' Retreat to be held in Vanuatu next week. 26 in favour, 23 against, 1 just shy of an absolute majority. What next? Has there been any indication that Bob Lothman will take this to court? The invitation was offered to them by the uh, the speaker uh, to, to 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 go to uh, uh, go to court, and uh, um, uh, he's uh, very 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 much entitled to. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to what the uh, the Supreme Court has to say about it. But I I believe uh, on, on on my part, based on the advice that I've received, uh, that uh, the case law has been settled. And obviously, if it does go to court, then there will be another election as well, potentially. Is that a waste of money, or how do you see proceeding from here? The constitutional right to believe the the promise at any given time. Uh, But but of course, uh, again, this is another drain on the Republic's resources. There's an extraordinary session that's uh, sitting tomorrow, and... uh, it was called specifically to uh, to uh, pass uh, public in, uh, political integrity legislation to to uh, uh, resolve some of these uh, complications. So uh, uh, hopefully, though, once those, that piece of legislation is passed, we'll be able to uh, regulate how political parties organise themselves and how members of parliament are required to affiliate to uh, political groupings so that it. Um, uh, provides some coherence in, uh, in governance uh, and uh, provides more stability to innovation. What's your response to the accusations regarding government spending on trips and also issues with the airline as well? I uh, referred to some standing orders in Parliament that requires any waiver of a motion uh, against the, any member of Parliament uh, as required, uh, not only to ensure that the allegations are concise, but to provide the evidence to substantiate it. And there was uh, not even one iota of evidence to substantiate uh, the uh, the opposition's uh, assertions and claims, but for the fact that they had 26. So it was, it was uh, quite uh, disappointing uh, because of the fact that uh, the assertions uh, were not substantiated at all. Thank you so much for your time on this. And finally, next week you have leaders from across the region heading to Vanuatu for a very important meeting. Are preparations underway? Where Where is it going to be held? And can you please tell me a little bit about that? Um, it'll be held here in Port Vila. We'll be having uh, our retreat uh, uh, further into the island. But uh, yes, we'll be, it'll be a two-day meeting where 
we can uh, uh, discuss uh, issues of uh, concern amongst uh, our Melanesian uh, family and come up with resolutions that we'll be able to uh, assist us with in, in uh, uh, you know, maintaining and sustaining our, our membership as a group. West Papua, will that be top of the agenda or near the top? It will be at the top of the agenda uh, uh, because it's an agenda that is, uh, is, uh, will be presented by Vanuatu. Uh, uh, um, uh, we're trying to uh, uh, appeal to uh, the open-mindedness of uh, the leaders of the Malaysian uh, spirit group, particularly to... Uh, you know, issues of human atrocity uh, that have been faced by brothers and sisters in, um, in West Papua. So uh, I'll, hopefully that will that, go all right. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll await the outcome of the, uh, the uh, this deliberations of the leaders. Since this interview, opposition leader Bob Lofman has said he'll be taking the no-confidence issue to court. It will now be on Tuesday next week due to the lack of the quorum of 34 members of Parliament present. New Zealand's effort to close its gender pay gap has made headways this week, with the government committing to pay transparency legislation in a bid to increase workplace equity and transparency for workers. Through this potential legislation, the government aims to launch a reporting system for businesses and encourage them to release action plans addressing the drivers of the gaps. But Equal Employment Opportunities Commissioner Saunoma Ali'i Karenina Sumil says it's not enough, as Pacific peoples and people of colour will not be considered in this legislation's current form. Rachel Nath spoke with Dr Sumil. Dr. Sineo, thank you for joining us and congratulations. Uh, Pay transparency legislation could possibly be a reality now. And, you know, I understand it's a big win for women, but not so much for many groups of people that will be excluded, like groups of Maori and Pacific peoples. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I consider it a a first step, let's put it that way. And, uh, you know, the Pacific Pay Inquiry that the New Zealand Human Rights Commission conducted um, has played a huge part in that because what it did was make it so visible to the rest of New Zealand that, you know, we, we don't only have sexism as an issue in our workplaces, which affects uh, people's pay, and that's looking at the difference between men and women, but we also have the issue of bias in terms of racism. Let's use that word because people understand what that is. And that's certainly a word that Pacific people have used in the Pacific Pay Inquiry. So we can't just address one element um, that leads to uh, pay gaps, Oxford sexism. We also rec- we need to recognize bias in terms of ethnicity and race. And mm-hmm. that's the missing bit in in that announcement from government. Although they did say, you know, they're beginning to, to look at that, um, to look at that work because the intention is to include that. Hmm. But I guess in terms of the eyes of our people, Pacific people, it means the bus is leaving without us, and that's not right. So we are going to be continuing our call to ensure that ethnicity is captured in that legislation because it doesn't just benefit Pacific, it benefits Pacific and all of our of our brothers and sisters from other parts of the world, you know, hmm. all of our migrants who come here uh, to help our businesses, you know, to find themselves a good life. We all have the same fundamental rights to equality and equity. So we want everybody included in this legislation. So as I said, it's the first step, uh, but we're going to press 
to make sure that everybody is included and supported at the end of the day. Let's talk about this legislation. So we start with 900 organisations with over 250 employees that will be required to report their gender pay gaps. And and that's followed by businesses of over 100 workers in four years. And then there's also this uh, voluntary release of action plan for employers, which will be reviewed after three years on whether it would become mandatory. Now, Dr. Simeo, is this enough? You, on numerous occasions, have said that action for pay transparency is urgent. So do you feel that this potential legislation is really looking promising? Or would you have liked to see perhaps a stronger legislative response from the government? Yeah, we know clearly it's not enough. Right. So if we're only looking at companies that have 250 plus, then we're really looking at the large corporates, you know, the the, the big companies, but so many Pacific and uh, people of color, Tangata Fenua, you know, of all genders work for small agencies. So if, even if we're looking at uh, businesses 100 plus or more, we're still missing out, you know, around a million workers. So for me, there's no point in having paid transparency legislation that misses out a million workers. What is the point? Again, we will be pushing government to make sure that we, at the end of the day, that we center the legislation around our fundamental human rights, which means we all have equal rights to be protected. Now we're three weeks away from house rising with an election looming. Are you concerned that this potential legislation will not see the light of day Yes, so that's always been a concern for us. So the team here at the Human Rights Commission have been lobbying all political parties. We certainly invited all the political parties to meet with us. So we can say that we have met with the ACT Party, the National Party, the Labour Party, um, the Greens. Um, So as I said, we have prepared for all scenarios and what are the scenarios that the government may change. A great sign that the two major parties and plus the Greens have um, basically signaled their support for this legislation. How does the HRC intend to hold government accountable to this legislative commitment? Absolutely. So going forward, um, post the election, whoever, we we don't care who gets into Parliament, we want them to do the right thing. You know, one of the good things that our unions have said is, please do not politicise this. This is not a political football. We need to do the right thing, and it's long overdue. Well, before all of our people, men, women, Whatever gender, um, whatever religion, we need to do right by all of our people. It should not be a political um, platform. So we will be continue to keep an eye on government. We will continue to lobby government. We will continue to link with the media so that our people can see that, you know, that we've still got their interests at heart and we're going to do our very, very best to ensure that the legislation comes out and supports the well-being of all of our people. So that's our commitment in terms of the legislation. Um, and certainly as a human rights commissioner, as a Pacific human rights commissioner. As a, very- a Bougainville cabinet minister, Fionila Roka Metbob, wants to stimulate cottage industry in the autonomous Papua New Guinea region. Bougainville is striving to establish a viable economy as it pushes for independence from PNG. Much of the emphasis is on a return to mining, but for Ms. Roka Metbob, she wants a different emphasis. As she explains to Don Wiseman, that is how she came to back soap making. It's a project that I initiated as part of the constituency development program to empower mothers, especially those mothers in the communities who are widows, basically. 
and do not really have ways of making an income for themselves. So it is with the idea of converting the resources, especially herbs and then medicinal tree barks and all of this, leaves to be converted into the soap and then it be sold like in shops and also not just shops, but to create a local market with the increase of soap price in Bougainville, which has increased up to like some is one kina seventy, two two kina for one. So we kind of the project kind of came up. It is an initiative to create an alternate uh, choice for mothers who have very low income earning opportunities, and also for them to participate in the actual cottage industry. It's based on coconut, is it? Yes, the base is coconut, but we use turmeric, we use um, lemon skin. We're using all the different herbs, um, the herbs and the bugs and even the, you know, all these different things to just to get the mothers to make an income with coconut being the base, coconut oil. Do families have resources historically for making their own soap? Well, during the civil unrest on Bougainville, Families were actually making their own soap, but with arms going down and services being restored by PNG government onto Bougainville, the people started becoming a lot more dependent on the goods and services that were coming, you know, from other provinces in the country. However, now with the inflation that's happening all throughout Bougainville, people are now going back, not just on soap, but rice as well, uh, stock feed, all of this. There's so many things that happening at the moment. Uh, historically, we, we just go as far as civil unrest, you know, era in Bougainville. There has been a lot of talk about trying to develop an economy that's not reliant on mining, and I know that you're very keen to see that where you are. Do you think this is something that helps that process? I should say yes, that's absolutely a yes, because um, I'm clearly now, you know, being that person myself, being an environment activist myself who just opposes uh, open-cut extractive agenda on, on minerals, beginning to see that this is kind of a project that's creating a bigger impact now on women. There are women who have gone to the point of just forgetting, you know, engagement. They're not, they've detached themselves from alluvial mining activities as well. And I guess um, this project is, in a way, is opened up, you know, a new way of seeing things, things work. We create a local economy in all communities throughout Bougainville, not just on soap, but every other product, but specifically speaking about of, uh, soap, I've seen it very clear that, you know, with us making money using this cottage industry in soap specifically and oil and also downstreaming herbs like turmeric and other neem tree and cocoa powder as well and making it become a soap ingredient is actually kind of changing people's perception in things that we can actually build our economy on the wealth that is on the surface and we can use the gold as a reserve or a backup for what we build on top and that has been really something that I've always envisaged to see in the last how many years that I've started trying to be the person who doesn't support extractive industry at all. And that was the Anila Rocker Matt Bob speaking to Don Wiseman. 
That's Pacific Waves for today. Don't forget you can listen back on rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, so far, so far.